welcome, Gareth. Hi. <laughs> Pleasure to have you on the podcast. So, um, just because the listeners uh, want you to introduce yourself and, and, and what, who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I'm Gareth Underhill. Um, Simon and I know each other from well, years of having done bits and bobs together, together. But we currently run a fitness education company. Um, but my background, I've been a personal trainer since I left school. Um, did a sports science degree down at Brighton. Worked for Boother as exercise physiologist, doing clinical exercise testing. Uh, which was fun for a while. Then moved on, went back to personal training, worked at David Lloyd Club in London. That was a lot of fun. That I did for years whilst working for myself. Um, then decided I should have got a bit more of a proper job. Worked <laughs> for Sussex Police, managing their health and wellbeing team and working on all sorts of like fitness for all things. It, it was supposed to be very good sort of sports science and get some management experience things like that okay um corporate well-being the whole range of things um and that's where you met me wasn't and it? and that's where i met you you were doing <laughs> classes for police that was great um then went back to personal training again basically worked for nuffield health did some stuff for a local charity run leisure center up here and then set up my own studio oh and in the meantime I tried my hand at having a sports shop too um, but that wasn't quite so much fun so back to having my own studio and doing the education stuff now sounds good because this is episode two of the wellbeing wellbeing coaches podcast it's quite exciting to have you on board um, our first course class was about menopause so it's quite interesting to interview you as a personal trainer what is it that you have uh, what's kind of your ethos in training what's your type client how do you approach it so I think mostly our job is as a guide because actually in today's age the internet knows more than we do and if people really wanted to know what to do they can find that information. I know there's lots of conflicting information but if you spend long enough you can start to wheedle out the total nonsense and I don't think knowledge is now what we're there for think you're more of a guide you help people change their behaviors really um, and I had a bit of a cheesy tagline from the outfit training which is the name of my personal training company it was kind of outplay um, outperform and I think the it's almost like a, a hierarchy of need I think more mm. people need to play more stop turning it into a chore because that's the very <laughs> first issue yeah. um actually the thing that's stopping you from getting started isn't your lack of knowledge uh, if you think about diet as an example people are constantly looking for the best diet regime what should i do for this is in intermittent fasting right what kind of intermittent fasting why tell me about science things like that but actually Pretty much everyone knows that they should eat five fruit and veg, that crisps and chocolate aren't great, and yet they're not doing those basics. So it's not, it's not the lack of knowledge, it's the just lack of action. Just get started. You can figure out the details as you go. So I think starting out, playing more, just having a go, get involved, take action. 
that's the first point that's what everyone needs and I think that's kind of I mean obviously as a personal trainer people have already taken that first step they're coming to you thinking they need expertise but actually all you're doing is getting them started they're on a journey um, I think people need to keep it simple it doesn't have to be rocket science I like the idea of that because there's so much we'll talk about this a bit later but trending things out there and it's there's so much information and having an education company we know that um, we always appear as a driving test experience for new people that are coming in but it's not to you spend years further into the industry I mean I mean I think 18 years have been in it I'm probably starting to only figure out how to personal train people <laughs> in the correct way in the last five years um, so it is interesting because we know personal trainers last for about a year in the industry um, what would your kind of takeaway as a new personal trainer coming the industry um, take away really from being newly fresh into the gym and trying to gain clients I think it's the same thing we're the same people so we're looking for the details there. Mm. what is the knowledge I'm lacking that I need and oftentimes when you first start because it's your passion you want to learn all about the sexy exercise you want to know how to write the best programs the problem is the best programs aren't that effective if no one's doing them um, so actually just getting started again like get some clients get out there you'll start figuring other bits out as you go and probably the bit that is truly lacking for trainers coming into the industry and why they drop out they drop out because they're not earning enough money and or they're working every hour under the sun and they're like this isn't a lifestyle for me um, and so I think probably the focus is wrong. We're focusing too much on physiology and what muscle does what and what's the Krebs cycle and this, that and the other, which as we well know, no one cares. You, when was the last time you ever thought about, acted on anything to do with the Krebs cycle? But everyone <laughs> learns it. Um, and really the stuff we need is some business acumen because generally we're all doing it because it's our passion and the one thing that we're not so savvy on is business otherwise we probably would have done accountancy or something like that this is uh, true and so <laughs> so i think it's just getting started realizing you're a guide because at the end of the day if you have someone who is fat eating unhealthily and is entirely sedentary you can do literally anything with them as long as you're keeping them safe and they will see progress so all of that training and is it's lost it's funny you say about the sexy exercises because um i'm one of these people you know i like to be out on the mountain bike being out in the sea paddle boarding but i don't particularly like to be on the on, in the gym no and uh, but i do like to people watch sometimes i can't help it and talking about sexy exercises is a funny story but um talking about a trainer that was doing something that she could do necessarily a client can't do with those awful ab rollers um, she was a fairly overweight lady but um, she went to do the ab roll got about three quarters of the way and then pancaked straight onto the floor yeah um, <laughs> how many times have you seen that in gym so but you're right actually coming back to basics getting people moving and that's kind of what you specialize in isn't it yeah I mean so I, I see a fair amount of people who are I guess broken in some way either ill or injured so it's a little bit different and to be honest 
I fell into that not because of crazy level expertise at the start. I fell into that because I realized I was crap at marketing and I had zero interest in learning about it. I don't like going out doing sales pitches. I'm not very good at it. And so I figured out fairly early on, if you have people who are injured or ill, all the motivation is there. Um, they come to you. And in the gym I was in, no one else was doing it. It's not only that, but if they go to another trainer, the other trainer washed their hands with them and sent them to me. And that was me done. That was, I had my job, I had my income. It was easy because I didn't have, I was terrible at psychology at the time, mm. which as we well know, that's half the battle is that behavior change stuff. I was terrible at it. I pretended I wasn't interested in it, but really I just wasn't very good at it. And that's not being good at sales. Yeah. So I did immerse myself in all that technical stuff um, because it's a little bit more black and white and because it was easier for me, um, which was a little bit of a cop-out. And actually an interesting story, there was a chap called Nick Jarvis and he isn't a trainer. Um, he is a master NLP coach and he does various bits and bobs. He got involved with David Lloyd fairly heavily early on and I went on a few things with him. Incredible chap, incredible speaker, very quick-witted um, and he could work a room, he'd go around, he'd know everyone's name instantly, he had all those incredible sales skills but without making it seem salesy. So I was quite in awe of him. Um, but he was also quite brutally plain and honest. And he was questioning me about something. And I was like, oh, you know, money, how much money do you want to earn? I was like, oh, yeah, like everyone, I want to earn loads. Um, and he said, and so tell me, like, what, what do you do? And I said, well, I do this, and I'm not very good at marketing. He said, and, like, how's that work out? Because I think we all know about... 85 to 90 percent of the people who go to the gym are there to lose weight so and you're telling me you don't work with those people <laughs> How, how's that work on the numbers front and uh it was kind of the first moment that i got pulled up on my own bullshit really and i was like mm, okay i might have to address this um it's just interesting someone will say something it clicks and you're like yeah okay I need to work on it. Um, <laughs> uh, interesting fact though, and from a business perspective, obviously it makes total sense. Yeah, that's really interesting actually, because it's probably flipped your mind straight straight into. And also it's a cop out. I do medicalized exercise and what's the, <laughs> one of the biggest pressing medical concerns? Obesity, metabolic syndrome, type two diabetes. This is Not true. Not exercising enough, eating poorly. I agree. Um, and moving on to this one, which will fit in nicely, is um, this industry is full of lots of trends and to keep up is quite tough. Um, you're a bit like me, we listen to podcasts. We, I probably read self-achievement self books, different books. I get confused in them all. But at the moment, I suppose, what do you think are the current trending things and what would you kind of tell people that are listening in to, to sift through? It's... It's a tough one because there's always going to be a current trend. Some of them are good, some of them not so good. And I think you've got to kind of make your own mind up. But intermittent fasting is a current trend, I would say. And it's a good one. I think 
it'll probably stick around. Um, it can be done well, it can be done poorly. You can listen to lots of different information on there, lot, like anything, there's no subject once you get into the science that is hard and fast. Like, as soon as you start hearing people's very well researched, valid opinions, there's always controversy, there's never one answer. And so you should never take science as something that overrules your own body instinct, how you feel. So take the concepts, play with it, but intermittent fasting, I'm a bit like you though, like a lot of the up-to-date trends I've lost interest in and yeah. I don't particularly follow. I like taking on information, but as for fads and trends, who knows? I'm in my own little bubble, we're in my studio. We don't have to talk to anyone else. This and so true. I don't see it quite so much. Um, I think classes, and again, because classes have to get bums on seats, I think classes suffer it potentially more than personal training. So you see classes change a lot. Mm. What was Les Mills dominating everything becomes something else, becomes hit, becomes, you know, the home workout Peloton is, or was, you know, sporting from grace. And then there was, insanity and p90x and i think those are more of a trend type thing but joe wicks youtube anything that gets you off your backside is going to be good yeah um, and i think i don't know i think just because it is a fad trend doesn't necessarily mean you should let people talk down to you about it and if it's got you off your bum and you're doing something that you weren't doing before well more power to you um but if you're doing it just because it's the latest trend and you hate it, well, now you're <laughs> on the wrong path. Um, it's a good takeaway. <coughs> um, I suppose the other biggest one that I think has come up so much more now is people being more in tune after pandemic of, you know, their own health. Um, so I think there's more people visiting GPs for um, getting so much more advice. But also the other one that really touched on is gut health seems to be a big big mark what's your thoughts on that yeah well i think that's a change in science and scientific understanding um and that is a part of a bigger picture of personalized health solutions and yeah i mean gut health i mean it's it seems obvious now it seems crazy that it's only really in the last 10 to 15 years that it's been being researched properly and it seems like it's only in the last few years that it's really coming to fruition but i mean that's a big 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 thing um i think what will happen as i say it's not just about gut health and digestion it's it's going to be personalized treatment for cancer it's all sorts but mm. um it is all part of a bigger picture where you can you can analyze your own body in this case your gut microbiome so what bacteria and things like that do you have in your gut what can you do about it how can you change it for the better again currently at the moment it's such a contentious subject that what one person says will entirely contradict another there is no consensus about you need this bacteria in your gut or you need that bacteria in your gut um, and according to science currently if someone tells you you absolutely do much like exercise advice 
if someone's really adamant and dogmatic about something, it tends not to be true. <laughs> um, so yeah. again, what you can do though is track changes, and if you feel better, and something's changed, you can go, okay, that looks like a change for the better. And this is like a personalised medicine route, basically. But if you're, if anyone's ever interested in that kind of thing, the thing to look at if you want evidence-based change and tracking is the quantified self-movement because they look at all of this. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. If you were giving, so let's say a client comes into you because they, the research, the internet, it's a huge minefield. What would you, what would you kind of start with? Let's just say some. Let's just take. Uh, going back to your um, weight loss clients that originally you didn't focus yeah. on, what would you, what would be your first, first port of call with them? Looking at all the elements. So it would be less about information and more about action. What are you doing? What do you currently do? Um, so generally people often come with a raft of questions of which, of course you can answer things, but really the crux of it is what is it you are doing now? Because what you're doing now gets you to where you are now. Um, now you want to not be at point A, you want to be at point B. And in order to be at point B, you need to do something different. Mm. Um, what that different is can be very different for different people, but you've got to start to take action because if you keep doing what you're doing now, you are staying exactly at point A. Nothing's going to change. And so it's small things. you just got to make a change. And I think we, you've quoted it before as a joke, but you know, quoting Spice Girls, what is it you really, really, really want? Yeah, uh, yeah, because yeah. If, if people don't know that, they have to, it, about habit changing, and that's, that's quite important for people, I think, uh, to install habits that they have. But you've also touched on before, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, well, a couple of things in there. I think you're right. I don't think lots of people are particularly introspective have not really thought through stuff. Some people have, obviously, but it's the typical personal training scourge. How many times do you hear, okay, what are you here for? And you go, oh, lose weight, get fit. Great. <laughs> um, what does that mean? Um, what does that mean to you, specifically? Like, if you were fit and you'd lost weight, what's happening in your world? What's that look like? Um, and then once you've made them really paint that picture then you can start to get an idea of what they're after and sometimes they've not thought that through um, so yeah that and then okay what do you love what matters what do you hate what should we not do and it's those simple questions it sounds super simple when you say it like that but actually sometimes that's all you need it's a bit of a sounding board to and actually, I think you're right, because sometimes what I do with my clients is get them to actually write a little, go away, think about what they want, you know, obstacles they've got in their place, because if they're not setting up for obstacles of failure, then they're going to not be prepared for them. I almost try and get them to, well, almost like a mission statement, yeah. so they know what it is that they're actually wanting to achieve, rather than two pounds a week, smart goals, you've achieved it, it's realistic, all time bound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, it's, you know those but it's what matters isn't it, it that's true they've got to buy into it I think there yeah. a, there's a great I think it was um, that classic seven habits book but I really believe the principle of it he talks about um, you know what are your foundational values and principles and actually you really have to 
get down to the crux of those because you'll be living your life around those and it's very yeah, it's that it's that typical thing of if you haven't set out a goal that you're really really closely working towards when you go to the supermarket and there's something ridiculously tasty that is your trigger food unless you've got a super clear reason in your mind of what you're doing why and how much it matters to you it's not going to matter more than that really nice thing on the shelf that's right in front of you calling <laughs> your name and and so having that set value of this is what I'm doing why and how give it, it stops decision fatigue and it stops that battle of will and all the rest if if you're you know you're wanting to lose weight you've decided what your goal is very specifically measured etc and you realize how much it matters to you and what you're going to do about it you know then it's a choice and you've made that choice in advance now looking at that thing you're not battling with yourself whereas if you don't have a clear goal you're like oh, i would kind of like to lose weight but that's really nice whereas if you strongly set out this yeah. feeling of what you want yeah it's not that battle of will and I think you've got that nice element. I think we're both pretty much on the same wavelength when we train with people. It's not, we're not huge um, count out loud rep counters. And, you know. Uh, no, because we know it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Whether um, you do six, eight, or ten reps, really isn't going to change your life. And I can count silently in my head, and something I've learned quite well. Um, I can make it out really well. <laughs> How many reps have we got there? Two. It's always two. Yeah, <laughs> always true. Yeah, um, can you count? That's what they always say. Um, and does your watch work? <laughs> I'm not even using my watch. <laughs> I'm not counted yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's interesting. I think there's big trends to take away from this. But if you, um, you know, let's let's see. List people are listening into this. Um, why should people come see a, a, a PT? In essence, what what do you think is important with, you know, having a personal trainer is? It's a safety net. I think a lot of people, the reason why we search for the best possible program on the best possible diet is we know it's going to be a big effort and we don't want to waste time. Mm. And so you get a certain sort of guarantee that you're going to be on the right path. Now, the, obviously, the trouble with that is you could go see 10 personal trainers and you'll get 10 different programs and bits of advice, but they all work that's the trouble so it starts someone off there's some accountability so you set appointments with people and you're going to turn up nine times out of ten um you've paid money so you invest more of your effort emotionally in it um and hopefully the main thing is you know you're going to be safe um they're going to take you through and guide you through and not get you injured um that being said it's just a level of support. I think one of the other things is if you don't have that support network like at home, family, friends, then you have an inbuilt support network because everyone knows that socially, if you are surround yourself with people who do it, you've got a much higher chance of success. So if you don't have that, a trainer's perfect. Um, but you're paying for someone's time, so it's expensive. So if that's top of the tree support you're having one-on-one -on -one attention um, and so it's the most costly um, rightfully so but if you can't reach out to that there's a million other one ways to get started um, so that shouldn't be your barrier 
I think that's interesting. And um, this is this podcast. I don't want to always be, you know, too much heavy on information. Have a bit of light hearts, a bit of fun. So these um, two questions are quite interesting. What do you hate in this industry? Do you have any pet hates? <laughs> And don't see blokes that teach aerobics and do grapevines, because that's me. <laughs> um, well, as we both know, a vast majority of it. <laughs> all of it. Um, not a fan of gyms. Don't think gyms are the answer for most people. Um, so if you're out there listening and you don't like the gym, don't feel guilty about that. It's a weird place. Um, again, you can do so many other things without going to the gym. It's not a big deal. Um, that kind of, so we've always talked about the people watching element and it's a strange, it's a strange world of people. Like the world's turned on its head. Those who are generally powerful in the outside world tend to be middle-aged and overweight. And then they come into the gym and they're at the bottom of the food chain. And all the youngsters who they'd be bosses of are at the top of the food chain because they're a bit more buff and young and virile. <laughs> and, um, so and it's, the, yeah, and it's a weird place. It is a weird place because there's some strange things that go on. Instead of working for gym for years and uh, walking up to someone and saying, I can help with a new exercise for you, sometimes I just want to stop and go, where the hell did you get that from? Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. So there's, there's some bonkers stuff out there. And the more you think about it, as we've talked about many times, it is a weird pastime. You are picking up heavy objects to move them about a bit and then put them exactly where you got them. You're, you're driving to the gym to park in the closest parking space to jump on a treadmill that takes you nowhere for your £80 a month or whatever you pay to jump back in the car and drive home. You could have walked to the door of the gym and back, not paid the membership. <laughs> you had the same energy burn. Um, it's a weird world of stuff out there. Actually, you touch on that because I had a person that was once complained to me at one gym once and said that I couldn't get close enough to the leisure centre uh, to park and this person spends an hour on the treadmill walking. <laughs> exactly so, that. It's mental. Uh, we all leave our brain at the door, I think. Eating a Snickers bar and drinking a Coke while they're hill climbing, which I, you know, hey. Yeah, I used to, many moons ago when I did spin classes, there was this lady who'd come on and spin with her Costa Coffee caramel latte in the drinks holder. <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> I wonder if you burn as many calories by the end of the class as you've just consumed during it. I'm not sure. <laughs> it fascinated me I loved it so um, instead of talking about what you love in the industry what, what what's the that's that be all question of what do you want to see in the next kind of five ten years the industry change what you know where do you want it to go sounds crazy but I think it needs to be less guilt-ridden it needs to be less on its high horse as in this is the way to do it i almost think there should be signposts like your gym instructor should be someone who signposts you to fun things to do like we live on the south downs the amount of people who would much prefer to go on a walk in the south downs it could be a nature walk. It mm. could be an educational thing, but you're out doing something and not yeah. sat on your ass. It could be mountain biking, like mountain bike instructors, rock climbing. It can be anything. Um, it doesn't have to be the gym. So that's one of the things. 
Um, and to be honest, I think that needs to start at PE. That's not just the gym. To my mind, yeah, is an true. extension of everything that's wrong with school PE and why everyone hates it. That's so true. Yeah. Which is, yeah, find what you love, make it a hobby, make it something you look forward to, rather than this year is the year I'm going to join the gym and I'm going to be good and I'm going to go twice a week. New um, year, new you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because like, why set yourself up for that failure? If mm. you've never liked it up to this point, this isn't the year that you're going to start liking it. It's still crap. Still going to give up at some point when you realise there's other things in life. And so don't join the gym. Put that. I mean, if you were someone who went signed yourself up to an expensive gym that's a lot of money to put into a hobby that could make you active you know it can and it can be anything just go have fun um that's what i would say have more fun and lastly what you're reading uh oh i'm reading all sorts i have read a nutrition book um and I can't actually think what it's called at the moment. I sent it to you on Audible. Um, I'll plug it into the uh, into the podcast down the bottom. But when it was your by memory fails Dr. You. Jason Fung, and I can't think what it was called, but it was about the hormonal elements of weight loss, diet, health, and it was very good, very interesting um, stuff that I've heard before. But is this the obesity coach? The Obesity Code, ah, that's the it. one. Well what done. a great book. Yeah. Um, good book, well well written, so easy to understand, but very scientific at the same time. Um, actionable things. Um, still contentious. There's plenty of people who disagree with it, but um, it works. I know it works. I've done it before. Um, so, yeah, that was good. I read Matthew McConaughey's autobiographical type book, Green Lights, a bit about his philosophy on life. He's quite a cool dude um, who has had a mental life. I'm not always that fond of autobiographies, but his is kind of like a, yeah, it's just cool. He's cool it's dude. Good read. I won't, I won't ruin it, but he's got a great chilled out relaxed Texan vibe about him and I, it resonates with me. I think I can move to Texas. I'll add that in. And then I have right. just started Exercised by Daniel Lieberman, which... Which I haven't read yet, so I must have. No, and I'll let you know how it is, but I like a lot of his research papers. So, And the book sounds really good at the moment, up our street, talking about how mad gymming is compared to what we're supposed to be doing. And interestingly, while I remember, I didn't tell you about this earlier, but he terms, you know, exercise, obviously we know what exercise is, particularly in this context, but he says to be exercised is actually, when you look it up in the dictionary, to be vexed and harassed by something. And he said, so we're exercised about exercise. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought it was very true. I thought it was a good, good little quote. Um, we just need to get up and do stuff we enjoy. I love this. Um, this has been a real pleasure. Um, actually, we'll be inviting you back uh, on some other subjects soon. Uh, but thanks for joining us. My pleasure.